0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 79. It's a Friday. My name is John. I am joined once again by Andrea. How's it going?
1: It's good. It's good. Happy Friday. Happy end of the work week for many people, not for you, sadly, as you were saying. Pre-show. Right. <laughs>
0: yep, that's all right. Well, anywhere, we're anyways, we're here to talk about pop culture things. Sometimes there's whiskey. We're going to be going over Ted Lasso later. So hopefully you've all seen Ted Lasso. If not, you can tune out when we get to that point, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But before that, holidays, drink holidays. What are we we celebrating now?
1: Well, I think it's very appropriate this holiday, this week, and our topic. Uh, On October 19th, it is International Gin and Tonic Day cheers everybody um and of course we're talking ted lasso which is set in england so which
0: Mm.
1: i mean i just feel like ties well with the uh classic g&t yeah so
0: that's true cheers right one um yeah only one holiday but that's Mm -hmm. all right i I am celebrating two sort of i don't have tonic per se either (laughs) um as as alan doesn't but um I do have gin and we do have like loads of sparkling water stuff. So, okay. this is a
1: Close enough. This is
0: a grapefruit sparkling water with gin and cucumber slices. Ooh. Um,
1: kind of like a little infusion there.
0: Yeah, right? Mhm. And I'm using a uh, a fancy Hendrix gin.
1: Perfect. Ooh, lunar. So, what is yeah. this? What is the difference for Lunar? What is it?
0: So Hendrix um, Lunar, it's, um, I'm going to read the, um, the back of it for everybody. It says from our Cabinet of Curiosities. Mm. Um, Hendrix Lunar is a limited release conceived under the influence of moonlight. On many a night, you will find our master distiller, Miss Leslie Gracie, tending to her botanicals in her beloved distillery hot house it was here I need my reading spectacles on it was here <laughs> one moonlit evening that she was inspired to create this rich warm and alluring liquid it is decidedly delectable with tonic and a slice of cucumber as i oh there you go and then um or try as hendrick's lunar moonlight buck by adding ginger ale and a squeeze of lemon so all right yeah
1: that's a cute little. so that doesn't
0: really say what it was all (laughs) what makes it all different um just uh how it was conceived i guess sure but it's good yeah
1: feels feels appropriate Uh, for october the moonlight lunar you know kind of spooky that's right
0: that's what i yeah that's what i managed to do yeah Um,
1: (laughs) it's all planned it's all planned
0: yeah we actually also um been re watching some Daredevil with my parents. We finally got back into that a little bit. Oh, nice. We had been yeah. rewatching. we had been watching it for the first time for them and us rewatching it. And um for that we opened up a bottle of um Surly Pentagram that mm-hmm. was um from twenty sixteen. So okay. almost almost five and a half years old.
1: Yeah, a little age. Um,
0: yeah yeah we have a lot of beers aging and <laughs> just um yeah we gotta pull the trigger on them once in a while sure you feel bad doing it and it's like oh but we gotta keep it long I mean, this was probably age longer than it's supposed to be but it was it was still good very funky so
1: funky in a good idea. way
0: yeah i mean if you're okay. <laughs> if you're not anticipating it would like be whoa but sure. yeah so um anyways yeah that's the drinks as you said cheers um and um the rest of your week how's your week been i know we kind of if if everybody's like keeping up with us we just had an episode it feels like i know i mean we're we're our schedule is our schedule is uh back and forth here but um that's all right
1: that's okay to squeeze in I mean, you know, it's it's been since Sunday, so it's been the length of a work week. Um, it's been a, a busy work week for me, but still have snuck in some some moments here and there for pop culture related things. Um, I, of course, you know, we're going to talk Ted Lasso later, so I finished that that season two up. Um, I've gotten a little farther ahead in Squid Game, um, the uh, the Netflix show that's the craze right now for everybody. Um, also keeping in the Netflix wheelhouse, um, I went back and watched, um, and finished the first season of you, um, which is kind of like a psychological slash murder thriller, um, okay. with Penn Badgley. It's really good. Um, I hmm. forgot how much I'd, I'd started it and enjoyed it and just kind of like it got lost in the shuffle of shows, you know, that you just kind of like, I'm going to keep up with this. And then it drops off your queue, and you never remember it, but. I did, so I I, uh, finished season one. I quite enjoyed it. I believe season three just dropped, um, which is probably why it came back up on my radar. So I'm hoping to get through season two and three Mm. um, in due course here. What is this guy in? Penn Penn Badgley? I mean, he's most known for Gossip Girl. Oh. He's Dan.
0: How could I not recognize him
1: then? (laughs) I know. You being such a Gossip Girl fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what he's most known for. Okay. He's, he's had other roles like here and there, but this is kind of like his, his like second wind really.
0: Okay, cool. Oh, he was in easy a and John Tucker must die.
1: Yes. I've watched both of those. Not ashamed. Those are actually both really good. Like teen movies. (laughs) Um, yep. I mean, if you, if you're, if you're into the genre or not, those are actually on the higher quality end of. Teen movies, so highly recommend. Um, so yeah, so watched you. I watched. I started the first episode of TV Scream. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was okay so far. I'm willing to like still give it another shot because I really love the Scream franchise, so I'll keep going. Um, the first episode of Beverly Hills Reunion was this week. We got to just like some fun, good stuff. Um, You know, if anybody is a Housewives fan or even if you're not, you may have heard that one of the Housewives, Erica Girardi, um, is currently being investigated along with her husband, Tom, or ex-husband. I don't know if their divorce is finalized yet. Um, But for fraud and embezzlement. um, So and like illegally obtained funds. So that's that's a whole thing that's going down right now. It seems like. Andy Cohen is actually going to ask her some difficult questions and try to, okay. you know, not play softball with the hard topics. So I'm excited to see where it all goes. It, it started out strong. So that was kind of fun. Um, And lastly, I watched the first four episodes of the new Halloween Wars on Food Network. Mm. And... Mm-hmm. I Have to say, I'm super disappointed. I used to love really? Halloween. Yes. Love Halloween Wars. That was one of Chris and I's favorite shows. We look forward to yeah. like the season. What's wrong? So they decided to, I think I feel like they thought, like, oh, this is so great. Like, we have such a great show and it's so huge and successful. And they decided to to like revamp and elongate and make new shows out of the original Halloween Wars. So Originally, Halloween Wars was candy, like you had a team of three. You had a candy person, a cake person, and a pumpkin person. And they had to make these, like, cool tableaus out of each of their materials. They had to, like, you know, kind of, like, marry all the materials together and stuff like that. Well, now Halloween Wars is only cake and candy. And they've pulled out pumpkins entirely. And pumpkins is, like, its own show, like, outrageous pumpkins something. Um, Okay. And I hate it. It's not as fun. Oh. Like, I mean, they they still make cool stuff. They still, like, make interesting displays mm-hmm. out of cake and candy. But it's not, like, the massive, huge scale that's involved mm-hmm. when you have pumpkins. It's also just not as difficult to, like, marry cake and candy in a display right. as it is to, like, marry cake, candy, and pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So I'm not loving it. Like, I was, I I was they really... Were
0: having- trouble getting people because the limited the number of people that are like skilled pumpkin carvers. Well you know that's the
1: thing though. They like have a whole other show called Outrageous Pumpkins where they carve like Halloween pumpkins.
0: Right. But how many of them then have, have no like pro baker friends?
1: Yeah, you know, I have no
0: idea. They're supposed to know each other, right? that I they think come so. together as a team and I
1: think so. But I don't know. I just yeah. I would have skipped that part of like you need to know each other and just like paired people together and been like have fun mm-hmm. like you're yeah. just meeting each other Show maybe that's like
0: you're paired with your pumpkin expert
1: <laughs> right exactly maybe that's yeah. like a new like sort of challenge but yeah no i'm like super disappointed about it now and i was looking forward to it because the new host is set Sa- is uh zach bagans from ghost adventures what yeah
0: what he's the the host like the he's the host host
1: even even though he like doesn't do much for hosting. He just like introduces the show and introduces the topic and he's on like a TV screen. And then he like fades out and then sometimes they'll come in there. Right. Yeah. They're calling him. Yeah. They're calling him the host, but he's not actually there. He just appears via TV screen. So,
0: so Ashley, you know, met Zach Baggins. Yeah. And, and he was like, he seems like he has uh, problems with, being in front of slash around slash touching people.
1: Okay. You know, just like being
0: someone. Yeah. Someone being in his space, like really awkward, you know, unless he's like, I don't know, drinking or specifically hitting on women or something, I guess. (laughs) Um, It's kind of awkward. So it seems weird to me to take on the role of in a completely different setting of being a host. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, he's definitely not a traditional host. Like I said, he just, like, comes in via a separate screen at the beginning, introduces, like, the show, the challenge, and the theme for the day. And then he'll, like, pop in and out via, like, these creepy TV screens and be like, I'm adding an extra challenge. Like, now you have to reach into my mystery box and grab an item to use in your display. So, kind of like uh, Iron Chef, when they would do, like, a mystery ingredient halfway through, they'd be like, surprise! Same concept. Hmm. So yeah. Okay. So i I like I was really excited for a new host and it was like all like hyped up like it was gonna get scarier and crazier and it just hasn't and I'm bummed about mm. it.
0: Okay. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, so that's all right. how was the what how was the first part of the reunion?
1: Good. Good. The ladies were were uh you know, not afraid to dive into some of the hard topics after watching each other this, you know, this whole season and watching their like side reactions. They were definitely like, oh, I saw you did this in your confessional and, you know, like this was happening. So, yeah, started off on like a high like, you know, we're diving right into the drama note. So, OK, did not disappoint. It was very fun. Um, okay. And then, yeah, they also, um, you know, kind of took a break from the from their season drama to focus on drama of another kind, Kyle Richards, um, OG real Beverly Hill, real housewife of Beverly Hills is appearing in Halloween kills, which comes out today. And so they, they did like a couple of different bits. Like, you know, they like followed her coming out of her house, getting ready for the reunion. And Michael Myers was standing there with a knife, you know, like ready to get her. And then they showed like, a couple of different teaser images from the movie with her in it, just kind of standing, looking scared and like breathing Mm -hmm. heavy, like in the dark. Oh my God, he's coming. So yeah, they did, they did plenty of plenty of play up for the uh, release of Halloween kills.
0: Nice. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah. I I still haven't been into housewives, unfortunately, in a while. Um, I have been lacking on Halloween content too. Like you mentioned Zach Bagans and we did, we have been watching, um, like he has this show now on discovery plus that's, um, kind of talking about things in his museum. He has a museum in Las Vegas that has it's his collection of like haunted things and whatever. And so each episode is about a different thing there. And with Eli Roth, they, like, make kind of a higher production value sort of reenactment talking about the item or whatever. Oh, that's cool. And so it's it's more like a, you know, just purely a fictional maybe this is what happened kind of thing, history yeah. of, of the item or whatever. And that's pretty good. It's pretty well done.
1: Yeah, so, so um, for Halloween Wars, they also each week the theme is like centering around a different item or artifact or piece mm. in his museum. Okay. So okay. they started so, out yeah. with like creepy dolls. Like he's got like some yep. Debbie doll something. So they started out mm. there and like, then they moved to like some like collectible clown dolls that he has in there. I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah. So it's all, it, like I said, it's all like focused around his museum. Okay. Cool
0: um i guess it's called metroid dread i'm not like super scared <laughs> you know um but it, it's not
1: feeling the dread it, heavy on it, the Metroid. it keeps you
0: on edge like i i love the tone the game sets it's pretty difficult um for me especially not being particularly used to uh metroid types of games but i'm enjoying it i'd be another boss today um nice yeah it's it just samus has never looked so cool when I like review this game or or if I beat it to review it or talk about it later, I've been trying to get some clips and yeah, stills and stuff from it. Sure. Because Samus is just so cool. She moves so slickly. It's just everything about this game, the whole look of it and everything is really uh I really dig it. Big fan. So
1: awesome. Even
0: though like zooming out on the map is kind of um, I don't know. What's the word? It's overwhelming. It's like, oh my god, there's so many things, so many places to go. I don't know where to go, all that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's good. Uh, played a little Pokemon Unite with uh, brother-in-law, and um, watching more UFC. I I wanted to bring up this one fighter. I watched UFC 266 day, and um, it's uh, her name is Valentina Shabchenko. Okay. And I I guess it won't ruin the fight. Well, okay. UFC 266. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about it. So um it's like co-main event and Valentina Shevchenko won um by knockout. And she just was so impressive. Like she I think she's she at the end, she was very grateful and stuff, but she's like speaking in, in English, and then she like switches to speaking in like ukrainian or something and then she has to speak in spanish for a little bit to some people more people too wow. and then she's like oh one more thing and she said something in like thai and i'm like
1: hey is
0: you know she's incredibly um you know just very on point very quick seemed yeah. very effective and on top of that like genuine and knows at least four languages That's so cool yeah it's pretty cool it was, a, it was it was a good fight to see um and then I wanted to say, too, like, so being we're rewatching some Daredevil, mm-hmm. trying to go through some of my Daredevil comics that I haven't gone through yet. And so I've been reading those. Uh, they're from, like, 1999.
1: Yes, um, 90s. We are just talking yeah. about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I've got this one. And I want to bring this up because it's actually relevant to the time. Um, so okay. the rumor is that... In for Marvel television shows, they're going to be doing a kind of Hawkeye spin off that is going to be centered around or featuring the character Echo. Okay. And um, Echo is this person, this lady. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe this is the second issue she is in so i have the one before it as well of her first first issue mm-hmm. and um it's a pretty cool character and the i guess supposedly they're going to use so echo is the adopted daughter of kingpin so the idea is in this show or maybe even hawkeye they will show kingpin as a way to lead into this spin-off and it'd be vincent d'onofrio as kingpin Ooh. and then And then Echo, and then I don't know what the story is going to be, but then that would be the excuse to bring in uh, Daredevil as well. I like it. All for it. That's what. That's what Grace from Beyond the Trailer. That's what um, she's talking. Her. She seems pretty confident with her sources. So, um, we'll see. But, but Echo is a really cool character because she is. Um, she's deaf. Actually and but her her ability is that anything she can see happen she can basically repeat like within her physical capabilities so she would like study martial arts films you know or whatever and um yeah. kingpin and this gives gives her a tape of daredevil fighting bullseye and then mm-hmm. she can watch it and she basically can replicate anything that they do so like she'll watch someone play a uh play the piano and we'll just immediately imitate the entire thing um and that kind of stuff so just physicality but but you can't hear okay so but you can read lips incredibly well and stuff so yeah cool
1: well yeah i would love a, i would love like a uh a marvel main you know avengers and marvel kind of sub daredevil tie in
0: because mm-hmm. I I yeah.
1: can't get enough of Daredevil, like I just. I mean, if they I do really it right, bring it back.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the word on the street is Kevin Feige is a fan of Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin and of Charlie Cox as Daredevil. That's what he likes. The they Netflix fantastic. stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. They they could definitely mess it up, but I think it's um, mm-hmm. it's a cool possibility. I thought it was fun that you know I'm reading about this character now that they're. Mm -hmm. Um, good chance they're going to be putting into, into the show. And then I've been, I'm going to try to, um, I might try to get some of my comic books graded. Cause like this issue is about, or is worth about 110, $120 if it's graded and to be like near mint condition. So I might actually send in some of my comic books to get graded. Fun. Fun. Yeah, that's the stuff I've been doing. Um, get into a little bit of news. Um, speaking of comic books, DC Fandome is tomorrow.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Um, I, don't, I haven't looked at the event schedule or anything going on here. Have you really? Um...
1: Uh, I've looked briefly at uh, what they've been willing to release. Um, it's going to be much shorter than last year. Last year was like two, three days, you know, kind of like full. Days. This is just tomorrow. I think it's four or five hours long. Um, you can watch it on their Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube um, on DC's official pages. I think that's the only place it's going to be. Um, okay. But yeah, so we're getting a new Batman trailer, um, which they released like just a little teeny teaser this week. Um, you just hear Pattinson's voice. Um, you know, kind of traditionally gruff and gravelly, but not like the extreme that Christian Bales was, obviously. Um, so yeah, so we just got a, a teeny little snip out of that to to kind of like whet your appetite to get a full trailer tomorrow. Um, I know Zachary Levi will be there talking Shazam. Jason Momoa is going mm. to be there talking Aquaman. Um, I believe They've got a piece with the rock talking Black Adam. And there's one that I'm missing that I'm mad at myself for because i I was really excited about it, but i can't I can't remember right now, but those are those are the biggest highlights. Oh, they're sorry, they're also gonna do um a spot for TV shows that are coming out. So Harley Quinn Peacemaker. um those are getting like their own little mm. pa- mini panel. Yeah. so
0: okay. Is it a continuation of the Harley Quinn animated series? Is that what you yeah. mean, or is mm-hmm. it different? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's
1: that's my understanding. If they're announcing anything different, that's mm-hmm. completely new to me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I might just, I'll probably end up just honestly watching more recaps than like, yeah. you know, spend a lot of time watching it. I, I really I don't want to see another Batman trailer. The <laughs> first one they did was so good. Yep. And I want to hope that that is the thing like what they presented to me is what we end up getting mm-hmm. that's and i i don't want yeah i just
1: I'm that was enough it.
0: for me you can watch watching. it okay yeah i i used to be so into trailers like i would watch a lot of movie trailers every time there was a new one whatever i'd always be um i'd always be up on it but now yeah, um
1: i'm interested so I'm interested like I I want to see if anything's changed or if it's just kind of like a continuation of like you said the first trailer we got that was so good. So.
0: Okay. Um going into um a couple of video game things before we get into television related mm-hmm. things. Uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, Animal Crossing, we kind of had some more Nintendo news. Nintendo keeps rolling with the Nintendo news. I think this is probably the last bit for a while, maybe to like the Game Awards or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, they announced version 2.0 for Animal Crossing. There's a free update and a paid one. And there's a lot. So if you've been out of Animal Crossing for a while, there's a lot of new stuff. Definitely seems worth going back in, even if, you know, If you just do the free stuff, that's fine, too. Right. And then um, they announced the pricing for the Nintendo Expansion Pass. Um, And that's nice because it's not only does it come with Nintendo 64 games and Genesis games, but then this new add-on for Animal Crossing as well. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this is laying out the blueprint for the future of some of their like a service kind of games animal crossing should be a game that goes forever. We shouldn't need another one. And they should just keep, you know, once a year, big update for it or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's included with this. Um, I would hope the same would come eventually to a Mario party or a Mario Kart or any of those that are are right for this kind of thing, but it's going to be an extra 30 bucks basically.
1: Yeah. I thought the, uh, I thought the price was pretty reasonable. I mean,
0: yeah, I think so, too, compared to I know some people are, you know, oh, it's old games or whatever. But I don't know if you are into those old games, some of them now you want to buy them are very expensive retro games. So if you have this subscription service, um, I don't know, they're getting a lot of a lot of value if you ask me and they're just going to keep adding things. So
1: exactly. Yeah, I think it's a right move. And like I said, reasonably priced. So good job.
0: Yep, And the other gaming company around, uh, or one of them, is uh, Microsoft. And they won this poll, basically, um, on social media yep. before this competition. It came down to, I think, them and Skittles. And uh, it was suggested that they should get make the mini-fridge, the Xbox mini-fridge happen, um, instead of it just being a meme or something. Right. Um, and I love it. Like, I think it's Aaron Greenberg or whatever. He he starts calling people up. And it's like, okay, can can we make this happen? Can we do this? Can I yep. promise this? And then he'd say, okay, well, we win this. We're making the fridge. And what other extra, you know, what Skittles is going to come back? What are you going to make for us? Skittles a Skittles fridge? I don't <laughs> think so. So, um, yeah, pre-orders are happening next week. I think Target's the first retailer that's going to have them. You uh, better bet that we're gonna be trying to purchase one.
1: Nice. My my the, my rule the of very, thumb now
0: what's very that? reasonable
1: very reasonable price of $99 for a mini yeah. fridge. I love it. Yeah.
0: hmm And keep it right up here. It has a USB plug in it. You can charge things from it. I just my rule of thumb now is you know, again, if you if you maybe want something, just pre-order it. Try to get the yep. pre-order because so many things are in limited supply or whatever you don't like it send it back doesn't matter right so okay um so you found this thing we're moving in the television movie space now here Mm -hmm. um what is this robin williams stuff
1: okay so yeah so this this hit the internet and twitter in particular i want to say like two days ago and it's kind of it's kind of one of those just like it's it's not actually something but it's like a phenomena right now and it's related to pop culture. So I just wanted to throw it in there. So it's it's um this actor Jamie Costa who both looks and sounds a great deal like Robin Williams. Like if you closed your eyes, you could absolutely convince me that Robin Williams was talking. And when you look at him, you can tell it's not Robin Williams, but like he also has some very similar facial features. So um, he's he's doing, like, this um, fan-led spot where he's kind of, you know, doing, like, a five-minute behind-the-scenes of Robin Williams on the set of Mork and Mindy, um, and, the, and they're recreating, like, a possible announcement of the night that his good friend Jim Belushi died. So it's, like, this whole behind-the-scenes look, and it's sort of like a pre, like, what if, you know... Um, biopic of Robin Williams life was made and this guy did it so he just like shot a five minute spot with uh, a couple of people and it's amazing like people are calling for this to like really be made now like he needs to if there's going to be a, a movie of Robin Williams life he needs to do it because he looks it, he sounds it it's crazy I mean and cool I, would, I would watch the happens. heck out of this
0: yeah, because usually Hollywood, you know, whoever everybody's shouting for, they go the other way. I know. But um,
1: it th- would be but you, it would be such a big mistake if they if they didn't do this right now.
0: Because I hadn't I hadn't heard anything about this, but um, I think to me the most impressive thing is the the facial expressions the, Yeah. you recognize the the ticks and the movements that he would do like. A lot of people, I think, can probably imitate the voice. He looks enough like him, but to me, right. it's like it was literally the performance part of it—like way you move his face for
1: things—and you know, and yeah, I, I, I think that was pretty good. I think for me, it's like everything that tied together. Like when I closed mm-hmm. close my eyes, I was like, "Yeah, definitely, this sounds like Robin Williams." Um, when I looked at him, I was like, "I obviously know I'm not seeing him, but I'm seeing." I'm not distracted by the fact that he doesn't look like Robin Williams. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. enough of a, a resemblance it's, where it's yes. it's not distracting. And yeah, like you said, the mannerisms, they're just so yeah. present. Like he really clearly studied um, mm-hmm. the real Robin Williams. So, yeah. And yeah. I, and I personally think a movie about his life would be so, so interesting. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know what's all written out there or who they would, talk to or if there's already like a book done that would be a good reference or whatever because obviously i'd I'd want it to be done respectfully and and accurately or whatever and um yeah at someone so kind of i don't know i mean you look at um elton john's movie Mm -hmm. rocket man you know again that's mostly performance he doesn't really look like elton john that much you know but still like sells it. So yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be down. Robin Williams, we actually and I were just talking about Mrs. Delphire the other day. I don't know why I guess. Was it because it was later. on TV? Ooh. No, no, Okay, because
1: it it's, it's been on TV pretty hardcore right now.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, wait and see. I know they did that fan video for uncharted with Nathan Fillion. Yes. And That was a no go. And then people saw um, Benedict Cumberbatch dressed up as Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop, and that never went anywhere. Um, You can look up uh, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Spike Spiegel. I'm going to have to. I don't know if he was, like, cosplaying. He was, like, dressing up for uh, an event or or something or whatever. Um, Halloween one year, something. But it's pretty perfect. Okay,
1: all right. It's not as weird as I imagined it. (laughs) He just got such like a distinctive face like it would be it would be very hard for me. Yeah, yeah, it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got the he's got perfect hair for it, actually.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's really good. So usually when fans are like, oh, my God, let's do this, then it's the other way, but maybe. Maybe. Yeah.
1: I I hope uh, I hope Hollywood sits up and takes notice because this was so excellently done. And like I said, there you couldn't have a more yeah. perfect person to do it.
0: So Or they should just do it themselves, like get a hold of the you know, yeah, the estates right. and start making the calls and do it. Well yeah, I,
1: mean, I mean, you just think of like how many iconic movies Robin Williams was a part of. Like from from the funny, like, you know, obviously Patch Adams and Mrs. Doubtfire and Jumanji, um, but then you think of all like, his more serious roles, like Goodwill Hunting, Good Morning Vietnam. Like, you know, he had such range. He's such like a yeah. talented actor that way.
0: I mean, I loved uh, Aladdin. Obviously, is
1: oh god, yeah, of course,
0: Aladdin. Um, I've always meant, meant to watch Dead Poets Society.
1: It's so That's so good. Kind
0: of, is it, it? it
1: really is. Um, it's definitely, so it's one that, you know, like we watched in our high school English class, but it was Mm -hmm. like one of those, and you know, usually like sometimes those movies are great and sometimes they're just like terrible and cheesy and awful, but it was definitely one of those movies where I was like, wow, this is so good. I'm going to have to like go home and actually watch it. And it's good. Okay. It's real good.
0: Um, all right. Sticking on the, um movie and television topic and speaking Mm -hmm. of things people maybe want more of, I don't know, um, Ted Lasso. So we're going to get spoilery spoilery about an Apple TV Plus series. Ted Lasso season one and two. Um, We've talked, you've more specifically talked about Ted Lasso in the past, kind of giving your thoughts and your spoiler-free review a little bit. Yes. But now um, that... You and Alan and the rest of the world have convinced me to watch it. Um, we can talk about it a little more in depth. And um, yeah, yeah. just I um, literally just watched the final episode to today. So
1: excellent, excellent. So fresh in your mind. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you were convinced to jump on the bandwagon. I know it's hard because, like me, sometimes there's like you feel resistance when there's something like so popular and so many people like tell you, oh, you have to see it, but. I felt like this – I felt strongly enough that this was one of those shows that truly is worth, like, the time and kind of succumbing to, you know, popular opinion and popular culture. Um, Sure. And season two wasn't quite as strong, I felt like, overall, and we can kind of dive into it. But I felt like it ended well from where it started. I I was much more unsure at the beginning, kind of in the middle. It felt a little lost. And then the second half of the season, I felt like really picked up steam and ended on like a great, interesting place to jump into for the confirmed season three.
0: Oh, it is. Okay. Yes.
1: Yep. Just recently confirmed. They're doing season three.
0: Okay. I hope they give it the time it needs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about like trying to get, catch the wave while it's here or something. Right. Um, I think it has enough of a fan base. You can let it be for a little bit and people will just be more excited when it comes back. hmm. Um, I would have been OK if they had left it at season one, because I think season one was really a pretty tightly done uh, show. Yeah, but you're right. It did. It did pick up. I remember we talked about briefly about it as well. When I'd started season two, how it really. Yes it moved into territory of just being uh too trying to be too silly. Yes. And the show really needs to needs to strike that balance of Ted Lasso silly with the the meaningful parts.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they they did get there and um like wasn't that wedding episode pretty good the second to last? Yes. Episode, you know, the kind of back and forth they would do with Rebecca and then Ted in the separate places going through their stuff.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I quite enjoyed the second half of the season. I felt like they, they struggled in the first half to introduce some new characters, um, that we got like most, especially like Dr. Sharon. Um, they, they focused on, um, they gave an episode to coach beard, which, Mm. It, was so, it was so random like I'm, I'm so glad on the one hand because i love coach beard and i i love like most of his episode and then it just like like they took us to like a weird place which coach coach beard is weird um to make up my own rhyme here um but then it then the episode like ended in that like too silly place and i was like ah, i need i need some like real back mm. you know okay.
0: I enjoyed the episode for what it was. I knew it was like it was like a separate thing.
1: Yeah, really. Like, weird, like,
0: I mean, it's on like its own, yeah. we're going cloth orange or something almost here. We're getting like, it just was a very, yeah, odd. Thing, but I, I, I didn't see it coming. It was quite the ride. So,
1: yes. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Like, I loved like the whole like Coach Beard needs some time to himself. Like, we're going to go to a club. We're going to get in. He's going to fake being a professor and and miraculously yeah. because his brain works this way, he knows everything, so he can get away with it. Like all of that I was like super into. Um I was even into like his weird meeting with the woman at the club and her her husband who also like had a twist of like yeah you know, like I'm going to beat you up because you're with my woman, but just kidding, like I trust her and we're fine. Yeah. Um really yeah. I'm going to beat up Jamie's horrible right, so we father. Yeah, I love that. all of that was great, and then I, I, I was so lost when he ended up at the club and was like, with Jane, kind of like,
0: almost see, like,
1: but, not on shrooms, but looking like he was on shrooms. Like it was so. See, yeah, but it was
0: going full like, um, um. Uh, oh man, perfect time for mind blank. Uh, it, was <laughs> Kubrick, you know? it was going all Kubrick, you know. It's going all Kubrick there. It's just like in this church, you know, and am I hearing this noise? And it's just it's something that, yeah, so random, so improbable. But I also love the idea that some church somewhere in England, you just go in there at the right time in the back is this rave. and You just start there is hula hooping and right. um, I liked it. So but. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked uh, I think I like a lot of characters in this show. Uh, I think that's a big strength. Jamie Mm -hmm. Jamie taught he um, he came around really came around Mm -hmm. being someone you totally despised and um, to someone now that, you know, is actually taking quite the back seat. I wonder if he'll, you know, moving forward, if they'll kind of bring him, give him something more again. What do you think of the whole. Twist with Nate, the great everything that he ended up going through in his.
1: Yeah. Kind of journey. Well, first, first I want to, I want to shift back to Jamie Tart because, because sure, you yeah. made me think of something because you're right. This, this season, I, I kind of didn't notice it, but yeah, he really took like a hard back seat in the second half. Um, Like the first half, he was still, you know, there. And then he had all these issues with his dad at the match and he was coming back and trying to fit yep. in and, you know, that was all happening. And then. Yeah. The back seat, but then, like the last couple episodes, he pops back up again when he, surprise, surprise, declares his love for Keely. Um,
0: Keely, Ke- Keely, yeah, how he says it, it says
1: Keely. yeah, Keely. Um, and you know, you think it's gonna lead to this whole confrontation with Roy, and it just doesn't because Roy mm. is, is now scarily the most emotionally mature person ah. he's. <laughs> That was actually a really good impression. Not bad. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, so you think it's going to lead to this whole confrontation, and then it doesn't. And now I wonder, with the way that, like, they left Keely and Roy's relationship kind of, like, hanging at the end, I wonder Mm -hmm. if there's going to be some sort of, like, burgeoning bromance between Roy and Jamie. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of trying to figure out Keely or... You know, maybe even maybe even totally separate from her. I don't know. But yeah, that's sort of where I thought my mind was going. Like, maybe this is going to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, i am definitely worried about Keely and um, uh, what's his face at the end? Roy there. Kent. Yeah. Because I don't know. I, I like them together. I think I it's a, I think they're a good couple and they've had had they had their ups and downs and ways or whatever. And, um, but they've always managed to like make up pretty well. And I really hope that they, I don't know. It just seems like all of a sudden they're making it where this passion is gone. Like she says that, you know, I love you go on your trip and all that stuff. But I don't know. You definitely Roy is in a different feeling, something different. Like it's not the same closeness here or whatever. You know, I hope it's not just, I don't know, the easy thing for them to do is going to be like, well, I'm focusing on my career. So, like, you just need to let me focus on my career. And, okay, I'll let you focus on your career and we're good now, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, just because it's just a little too obvious and too normal. And I don't know. But at the same time, I don't want, you know, I don't want the temptation of Jamie or something like that. That's obviously the fear. Like, he goes away for. Six weeks, you know, we don't see all the stuff that happens. They just show us selective things that have happened in the past right. few months or whatever. Or maybe because that's the weird thing—they do skip ahead at the end. So,
1: right, right, you know, yeah, it would, was like, you know, it w- wasn't it like, like I, I totally thought of uh, our Lord of the Rings episode when we talked about like the six different endings to Return of oh, the King. Yeah. Wasn't that totally like this, where they were like yep. two weeks later, three weeks later, six months? You know what I mean? I was just like, yep. Uh, is this show ending, or what like how many yeah how many of these like little clippies do we have here? Mhm, so it I was, don't know it just yeah. I mean it worked, it was fine, but it definitely like immediately made me flash back to that conversation where we were like, yeah, there's like six different endings,
0: well, you know, and like i say i I thought Jamie was kind of taking a back seat, but really, when you bring it up he he did have his his moments this was earlier in the season when a yep. lot of things weren't as good or were starting to pick up, you know, and right. um but yeah, yeah I didn't, I just didn't never feel like he was hear part his, of the good parts. Yeah. I just never want to hear his chant again ever in my life. <laughs> Please. As just the worst. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. So
1: with you there. Um so yeah, pivoting back, perfect timing as this image is coming up to the, the twist with Nate the Great now coaching no. Rupert's new team. Um, totally, like, I love the scenario that's being set up. Um, and I, I loved, or I guess I didn't love, I understood where Nate was coming from, but the extreme lengths his character went to, to like express his grievances and express like himself in his new role, hated it, totally hated it. I just thought, like, yeah. it just—it was just so, like, what are you doing? Like, oh God, yeah. I'm so annoyed and I'm so mad at you. Like, I get where you're coming from, but you're just taking it so far that I can't even sympathize right now.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. But I do think it was believable.
1: Yeah, I—I um, I thought, like I said, like it was grounded in in a very real emotion and a very real situation that that occurred between him and Ted like this rift and this you know like celebrity kind of going to his head and his frustrations with Ted totally felt that grounding but just like was so like he took it so far
0: I, I mean I think it's a it's an over it's an overcorrection for it's it's kind of like someone that never grew up and then all of a sudden is forced too quick so sure. He's going through, you know, so he grows up. His dad treats him like like garbage, like he's just he's never good enough. He never whatever. So he's always talked down to he's always never, you know, special or great or whatever, you know. And so he is sitting there doing menial work. Then he's got to just he's takes care of the locker room. He's happy to be there, but he's a big fan or whatever. And so no one gives him any respect because he doesn't. Demand it mm-hmm. because he didn't get it from his his uh, his father. So he's sitting there in a very low self esteem, with very low life accomplishments, kind of thing. And all of a sudden, he meets someone that like recognizes some talent he has, and promotes him. But now, all of a sudden, he's kind of forced to like go through a lot of things that mm-hmm. he never had before. All of a sudden, people listen to him. All of a sudden, he's getting some respect. All of a sudden, he's getting people chanting his name and getting a nickname or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then he's all of a sudden, you know, he's a bit thrust into this and getting obsessed with it. And then, so all of a sudden he's riding this high and when things aren't going just so anymore, it's like, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough for him. Like all of a sudden he's used to being the center of attention when he never had it before. It's like keeping your, not letting your kids ever have chips or pizza rolls. And then they go to their friend's house and they devour and just consume pizza rolls until they're sick, you know, or they, they leave the house and then all they buy is junk food because Mm. they didn't have exposure to that before. And so I, I sympathize with the character, um, his like lack of maturity and growth being thrown into this, Mm -hmm. that then is like, yeah, been a big overcorrection, So then people are trying to teach him to be like, stand up, you know, for himself and be, so he's spitting in mirrors and everything and weird things. So that's just so out of his comfort of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I just, I I was very mad and it's just been like, who are you? You know, Ted Lasso gave you this great opportunity. It's been nothing but but good to you. Nothing but listening to your advice, Mm -hmm. but you're not, the end all be all what do you you know like yeah you're just a person you're part of the team so um yeah it was infuriating for sure
1: yeah it was it was just so like i said there were there were so many very believable aspects to it like you said um and there are there are certain points where you think like yeah you you can be mad at ted for this like um in the final couple episodes they kind of you know focus back on soccer again Um, as part of the plot line and Ted still doesn't know you know like some soccer plays or he can't you know he keeps calling it like a fake nine instead of a false nine and he doesn't know the terminology and if I were Nate like sure I'd be like hey you've been a soccer coach for two years now like maybe maybe like get it together and brush up on your terms and like learn a little bit more about the sport reasonable absolutely Mm -hmm. like those kinds of things are reasonable but like the things that he is mad at Ted for, I feel were totally unreasonable. Like when he has that whole confrontation with him at the end and he's like, you paid attention to me and built me up and I was so great. And then you just left me. I'm like, yep. what are you talking about? He did not just leave you. He he yep. maybe like took a baby step backwards, but he did not like totally abandon you. He still was like, Nate, the great has all these awesome plays. We're going to run with it. Like, You know, every time Nate was like, you're probably just going to like blame me if it goes wrong. He was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to give you the credit. Like, so, yeah, it just it just started out, like I said, in a place of believability and then got so far. I was really Mm. mad about it.
0: Well, and it's something like, you know, he he gets starts getting this this respect, but it it kind of starts coming from other people. You know, like, eventually, you know, Roy Kent is making it so that other people don't pick on him. You know, it was way right. earlier or whatever. But stuff starts. And then in this last episode, Roy is talking about how he's so upset at Jamie for saying he still loves Kaley, Kaley, Kaley. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet, Nate actually kissed her. Yeah. And he's like, that's oh, fine. It's fine. And so it's showing, like the way others are looking at him still, Mm -hmm. it's like not a threat, not masculine, not self, um, you know, not self proficient, you know, in a way yet. So he's, he's, he's all of a sudden gained a lot more respect, but he's like still not being treated. Yeah. It's, you know, and, um, I don't know. I, I, I get it. Like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a detailed, Character they've created here, and he has one of the most interesting character arcs mm-hmm. in the show, so
1: yeah, speaking speaking of that uh that disastrous kiss <laughs> um it was it was very strange to me, um it wasn't strange, I totally saw it coming, you know, they were drinking, they were you know, she's like dressing him up, buying him a fancy suit, and he's feeling all you know like great yeah. about himself, like. I totally saw that coming. But then for a minute there when he was so apologetic about it, it felt like old Nate. It felt like Yeah. Oh my god, like what am I doing? I'm such like a pretentious asshole right now and I thought like maybe there was going to be some overall like larger character correction and he was going to be like I'm so full of myself, like what am I doing? And then Yeah. Like right after Roy Kent dismissed him, it felt like he just like doubled down on his new like asshole personality. It was just like, no, like I'm going to I'm going to earn respect one way or another. And if I can't do it here, I'm going to do it by like taking my brilliant ideas elsewhere.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, Freaking, freaking
1: Rupert coming in.
0: That's the that's the trick about, you know, respect or whatever. You you can't just manufacture it. Just doesn't work. I mean, a lot of a lot of good shows explore this. Walking Dead, you mm-hmm. know, uh, they do that in um, Lost World, Jurassic Park. There's the person that is the leader, and then there's who's really in charge. No one yes. listens to the person, you know. And you know, they they say that watching fights all the time. It's like the other mm-hmm. person needs to. They need to make them respect them. They're not being yep. respected in the ring right now. You know, they're not laying. They're not landing any good jabs or something to make them right you know respect what you can do to them and Mm -hmm. uh yeah so there's no quick and easy path despite the progress that nate has made and the things that he's you know helped with and everything he can't it's just not an instant an instant thing like that
1: yeah and it and it seems like he can't almost recognize respect when he does get it um, right. He does. He does. He's get a so great...
0: used to being the un, the underhand or. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. He's so used to like um, like the backhand compliment or, you know, like un- getting undercut in some way. Obviously, clearly that was an insecurity on display when he yells that at Ted, like if this play doesn't work, you're just going to blame me right. um, and not give me any credit. Like, you know, it's clearly something he's very used to. Um, but yeah, he doesn't. He clearly also doesn't recognize respect when he does get it because he was getting it in season one you know kind of when everybody was like starting to recognize his plays and he wrote those like hilarious letters that just like cut to the quick of players and like told them what was wrong with them and everybody respected him for doing it you know and they were like like coach beard i think is is one of the, the best examples of the shift like in season one he would just you know give his like beard nod or you know like give him that recognition and now in season two every time he looks at nate he just looks like ugh, like yuck you know there's there's a clear shift yep Mm -hmm. so yeah so nate clearly can't recognize that like everything he's doing to try and get respect is actually like losing it for the people who matter and
0: and you know what do you what's everybody supposed to do treat him like a child because he's emotionally immature. Is that what everybody's right. supposed he's, to do then? You he's know? like going
1: like through career puberty. It's very strange. Yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. It's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, we got the reporter uh, from Fred the independent Grimm. on screen right now. Yeah, yes. I liked him. It was always fun when he's in when he's in an episode. I enjoyed his character.
1: Yes, I hope um, I hope he's back a little bit more in season three. It sort of felt like they were maybe hinting at that with, you know, the, like the reintroduction yeah. at the end there. So I hope mm-hmm. that's true because I, I do miss him. He was fun.
0: What? I was confused by him locking himself out of his car at the end, though.
1: Yeah, but I didn't really. What's I the thought, point of that? Yeah, I didn't know if that was supposed to be funny. It just sort of like landed weirdly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. You know, so maybe it's a foreshadowing thing mm-hmm. like he's losing his memory. I
1: don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could convince Um, me of anything because his storyline is so like vague right now, but, but I hope, I hope it comes back, whatever it is with him. I hope he comes back.
0: There's a lot of, um, there's a lot more characters here. A lot of good ones. I, I like what Ted has gone through his whole, his whole, uh, dilemma with, um, therapists. Yes. Um, Psychologists, that's like his you know, I I liked how he grew with that and the progress that both he and the therapist made. Yes. Um thought that was well done.
1: Yeah, I felt like um I felt like there were a lot of good reasons and very believable reasons for Ted not to trust Dr. Sharon when she first came in. Um, you mm-hmm. know, kind of first it it seemed like sort of a jealousy thing, like He's used to being a good coach and getting his players through everything and, you know, like being the one that they turn to. And then she was kind of swooping in and, you know, doing it so greatly and so efficiently that Mm -hmm. he was just like, oh, I'm jealous. And then we got the addition of him explaining how, you know, when when he was going to couples counseling, he went to his wife's therapist. And because, like, his wife had already talked to the therapist, he thought, like, the therapist is already prejudiced against me and I feel, like, attacked so yep. it felt like these two very great, solid, concrete reasons for him to have like this friction with Dr. Sharon. And that was a really rich place for that storyline to grow out of. And, and um, you know, like it still have have bumps along the way in their communications with one another. But like by the end, they were so solid and it just felt like it was one of my favorite story arcs of the season for sure.
0: Yep yep um what'd you think of uh rebecca's relationship (laughs) with the younger footballer sam Um, yeah sam
1: yeah what'd you think Um, of all
0: that and sam's journey and everything there
1: yeah i kind of liked sam's journey more um in terms of their relationship like he he clearly um grew up from it, you know, like he was involved and he had very real feelings and, um, invested himself and it didn't, didn't necessarily work out. And he's kind of like left on the hook, but he clearly grew up and said, you know, it's okay. Like, I don't need to just wait around for her. I mean, I'm still hopeful, but that's not, you know, like the only place I need to focus my energy is I can focus my energy back on football and doing something totally new by opening this like Nigerian restaurant that I really want, um because I want to bring like that culture and that piece of home to England. And I thought that was really cool. Um, sure. I felt the beginning of the relationship and like the maybe yes, no, like, am I getting back into dating for Rebecca was really fun. It was a great storyline. And then, kind of petered out into like her just like being perpetually unsure and I was a little frustrated with that. Like I I I got her hesitation and I got her fears, but it it felt like a little dragged out. Um and I hope this storyline does get some like actual firm resolution in season 3, whether it whether it's there together or they're not. I I don't think he keeps is- keep them in this limbo place
0: are Ted and Sissy ever going to make it a real thing?
1: <laughs> um, I don't feel like they need to. I kind of enjoy their like, you know, just like every once in a while, they're like, Hey, what's up?
0: They're hooked like, up. yeah,
1: yeah. They, we they're see so each like, other, so then yeah, they're see so adult about other. it. It's great. Like, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not, it doesn't have to be serious, but it's not like totally casual. Like, we're we hook up but we're still like seemingly genuine friends so yeah you know tbd on whether that that works out long term Uh, um but for now they're like in a healthy place about it so good for them
0: yep um well like this show really did surprise me i didn't think i'd like it as much as i do Mm -hmm. um I think my only like real critiques uh sure. real issues um definitely the first half of season two so uh, agree. in And missing on tone yes um the theme, the opening I skip it every time yeah. oh my god <laughs> i i the only time I've watched the opening is the first episode, and never sure. again they did um I can't
1: yeah. remember which episode they did a different. It was like the same opening, it but
0: holiday one or something.
1: It might have been. It might have been a holiday one because they did it a little bit differently and it was a little less annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel um, you there.
0: Yeah, and then you know we don't we don't talk about politics on this podcast, so I won't go into them. But mm-hmm. the the political jabs in this show were completely unnecessary. Like they were weird and just out of place and just, I guess for fun. And I was going to, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go into the length of it or whatever. I'll just, I'll keep it really simple. As simple as I possibly can. In high school, when we were filming our Batman movies, Mm -hmm. um, we were doing them for a social studies class. And so this teacher, we knew very well what his politics were. And, um, So in making this film, this short, we put in in one picture, like we were drinking out of mugs and one of us was drinking out of a George W. Bush mug that was put in there specifically for this teacher. And
1: after the fact. Because he liked or didn't like George Bush.
0: Well, well, because he didn't. Okay. I'll say that. Um, And. It's a whole nother topic, whether I should know what his political preferences were or whatever. But I did. And um, so we put it in there. And what I realized in doing that was the power I have over the attention of the viewer. I'm like, someone is sitting down to consume this. I have you. And so Mm -hmm. you have to watch what I put in front of you. And Mm so you... We're going through, and this is completely irrelevant. This mug has nothing to do with anything in the in what we're filming. No relevance. The only point of it is to poke a finger at the teacher. Is you can say it's a nod or a jab or whatever. Like that's what it is. And from that point on, for me, I'm like, it just made me respect the role of someone that is that is asking for an audience member's attention. Mm -hmm. Um, that I don't show any sort of hostility or um, prodding at a segment of the audience because it's like almost a little power trip. And I think it happens all over the place in all kinds of media. And it's not that people can't do it. It's just, I see it when it's there. It bothers me. And it's something that I've learned, like if I was going to be making movies yet, to not do anymore. Mm -hmm. um because it's it's willful and it's it's a knowing thing and i hope i can respect my audience more than throwing something in their face Mm -hmm. for no reason so that's
1: sure yeah but i mean do you truly think it's no reason or is it like there's a reason and you don't love it
0: um well i mean it's not like um obviously it has to make some sort of sense. Like for instance, in our Batman thing, we were drinking tea. So we needed a vessel to drink out of. Sure. But that could have been any vessel. Sure. So that's the thing. It's 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 unnecessary. It's not that it doesn't fit within the scenario. Sure. It's that it could completely be without it and would make no difference to the scene.
1: Yeah, I mean I think I think I get what you're driving at because I think some of the the political, like, moments or, like, little, like, references or stuff is, like, sometimes it's to reinforce that, like, Ted is from America. I feel like, mm-hmm. like, in some instances. In some instances, I think it's just, like, maybe a, a jab here or there, you know, depending on p- potentially the leanings of the cast, the director, the writer, whoever. Um, mm-hmm. But I think some of it is to, like remind people that like Ted's American. So they like throw this like American reference in there. And sometimes it's political when it could just be like pop culture, like in the first season, one of my favorite parts of (laughs) the entire season is when coach beard and Ted lasso, have a little back and forth about the potential breakup of Beyonce and Jay-Z and they just like freak each other out. They're like, Oh my God, I shouldn't even said (laughs) it. Like, Oh my God, I freak, you know? And it's such like an American thing to care about. like, England doesn't care about Beyonce and Jay-Z the way America does. So it's like a little reference just to be like, hey, remember everybody, if my accent isn't enough, I'm from America. And sometimes I think they do a little like political jab that way too when they could use a pop culture jab or like maybe something about Kansas.
0: Yep. Because the show is so, it's so universal in a lot of things. It's so uplifting you know, it's uh, all things characters go through. There's quite the range of of relationships or career stuff or mm-hmm. with your mental issues or, um, you know, yeah. divorce, all these things that someone you can relate all over the place and then it still manages to feel good. And so these extra things, maybe in a different show where you're trying to, where part of the point of a character or a coupled characters, is their difference in, you know, philosophy or in political ideology on something to mm-hmm. showcase those differences and how they view the world, um, where that's more of a point of, of something, you know? But otherwise, it was just something that, to me, took down the positivity that the show generally radiates.
1: Yeah, so. I can see that
0: but that's, a, that's about it. And it's a pretty, pretty short list. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, um, how about you? Like cri- criticisms really, or?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we've covered most of them. Um, like this, this second season kind of starting off a little unbalanced and leaning a little too heavily on the silly aspects of the show. And then like the second, the second half really course corrected itself. I thought, um, and kind of got into like, again got into deeper issues like with mental health and with um you know loss um with you know career barriers with you know like how how are you dealing with yourself in these new situations that you're thrust into both personally and professionally um i thought i thought it really did a great job but yeah the the trick will be moving into the third season um you know maybe the beginning of it is going to be a little heavy on like the conflict with Nate and his new team. Mm. So I, I hope that they can like strike a balance there. That's not too silly nor, you know, the other way leaning too heavy and leaning too serious.
0: Or too so. predictable because oh, yeah, we saw Jamie leave. And it's like, well, he's probably going to come back at some point right. and then he does. So right. Nate, presumably he's going to go away and presumably it's going to be come back they've got to make that pretty satisfying or or make sense or make it not happen you know i would prefer that it doesn't like they resolve their conflict
1: but but he's still like he needs to
0: stand on his own and he's like growing in that way and so he stays someplace else
1: well and the show did surprise me with how jamie came back um like the whole like celebrity love island and like
0: yeah yeah that that was funny yeah like his
1: team being like oh my god you're so obsessed with like being a pop star like a celebrity or whatever you forgot to like play soccer like that was actually really funny and then like nobody wanted him and so he like had to go crawling back to richmond i i did quite enjoy that as a surprise i just thought like oh they're gonna work it out and he's gonna know ted wants him and yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yep. So yeah, more more of that kind of surprise, like predictable mm-hmm. but surprising in the way it happens. I I hope they can yep. they can build on that.
0: Yep. Well, I hope that we've had I hope we finish it one one more season. I don't want to see Ted Lasso go forever. I don't want to see these yeah, characters they... either get worn out or
1: Yeah, let me you know. Just check on that, because I know they were just talking about. Um, how long it was going to be.
0: OK, because it it's a it's an issue where if you change out too many characters, it feels like a different show. Uh, if you keep too many of the same characters, then, you know, you get bored with it. Um, I don't know characters only have so much they can grow or change or whatever um mm-hmm. for it starts getting silly
1: so and... the plan the plan is three seasons
0: okay. um
1: that was that was the initial plan um and the third season was greenlit um but not announced before the second season started so okay. they they had planned it and went ahead with it before the the second season but just announced season 3 so that's the plan mm-hmm. so i'm hoping They're sticking to it. Yeah, I I agree. I don't. I don't want this to become like some tired, played out thing. Um, you know, I mean, maybe you could stretch it to a season four, but I think that would be pushing it. Unless, Mm. unless you somehow have like something amazing, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. But I mean, if if you look at it, then season one, we have a team that's in disarray. You know, the manager wants to like undermine it herself and all this stuff. But they kind of, you know, and they get it stabilized, but mm-hmm. they still are failing. They're failing miserably. Season two, now you have finally got yourself back into the league. You know, so now you can compete. Season three, it makes sense that we see some sort of, you know, some sort of victory. The team is successful now or whatever. They've grown to the point where they, you know, uh, inevitably will go against... Uh, what's his face his team Richard as a Richard Rupert Rupert yeah. Rupert yeah what what he is he is terrible you he mean is terrible
1: as a person or as an actor
0: as a per as a character. Oh, yeah. the character the character Yeah. terrible
1: he's awful he's such a dick
0: oh my god he is yeah it, they, and that's something again they did very well with this show like the way that how hard that would be to be like with something, someone so terrible. that's always trying to just, I don't know, like why the such spite. Yeah. For just, he just loves to, You know, I, I'm surprised it took uh, Rebecca as long as it did and take her mom telling her or whatever, like you just got to be really nice because then, you know, he, he gets the excitement out of making you angry. So don't yes. give it to him. Yep. You know,
1: it's a hard thing so. to do, though. It's hard yes. not to rise to the bait, especially mm-hmm. when he's he just like puts it out there so perfectly and like clearly knows all of her buttons to hit, you yeah. know, like with oh, the
0: dark game,
1: the dark game. I that mean, was so good. it was good, it was yeah, very delicious. Um, mm. but yeah, clearly knows all of her buttons, like from her appearance yeah. and her confidence, like, um, being seen as a leader twisting in this season particularly hard the whole baby knife um that you know she always wanted kids but he didn't and now he has one and he just like basically using his baby to just be like terrible look at what i have that you don't and i stole from you basically because you're way too old to have a child naturally um you know adoption's a whole other thing but yeah just i mean no no low he won't stoop to to get a Mm rise out of her and when I mean when it's something as emotional as you want to be a mom and that's all you've wanted to be and someone's mm-hmm. basically stolen it from you and has it now. Hard not to rise to that bait. So Yep. Good for good for yep. her. Yep. Good for her. Um one one last critique, very <laughs> minor of Ted Lasso. Uh, give me more Higgins, man. Family Higgins. <laughs> He is a the great Christmas character. Party and everything. Yes, that was so much fun. I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah. Higgins family needs an episode.
0: I mean, this show is a little like an anime in ways. Just yeah. in the turnaround of people. You know yeah. how terrible Rebecca was to Higgins, but for her reasons, you know. Right, right. Um and how like snivelly kind of he was to like now a lot more free and you know the ways that really rebecca and ted were enemies or working against each other entire for a season essentially and then Mm -hmm. like are together you know or like make it work um same with the turnaround of jamie tart tart um i can't not try to say jamie taught taught jamie taught something yeah
1: (laughs) jamie taught
0: um jamie There there you go. That's what it is.
1: Yes. (laughs) Kila. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a very like flat ending to whatever. Yeah. Vowel sound.
0: Yep. That's good. All right. Do a whole episode in that sometime, Andrea. Oh my
1: God. Talk about a challenge.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that was podcast on the rocks. Episode 79. We were talking about Ted Lasso. Talked about DC fandom. Um, Robin Williams, all kinds of stuff. So, hope you enjoyed that. We will hopefully be back next week. Um, in the meantime, go ahead and like and subscribe on all of the applicable things. You can catch up on our back episodes on your favorite podcast directory. Leave us a review. We have a couple playlists on YouTube um, where you can watch the full episodes or some clips where we're just talking about um, specific shows or whatever. So, go ahead engage let us know where we need to improve what you'd like to see all that kind of stuff thank you to killing the flower for a theme song their content's available on spotify instagram and youtube so go go ahead and give them a check's look lucas333 that's lucas with a k um he's that's my brother-in-law he's streaming on twitch usually 3 times a week monday, wednesday, friday in the afternoon so go ahead and uh, see what he's playing And that'll be about it from us. Um, Andrea, thanks again for joining me.
1: Of course, as always. Cheers, everybody.